I'm the kind of person that the universe has to smack me over the head with a two by four. And so I have been in situations where I've literally just been knocked. Like I've got my plan and the universe was like, hell no, here, you're going to go to the hospital. You're paralyzed now. Like literally in my early twenties, I was an acrobat flying, living in San Diego, living my best life, got a bacterial infection, almost died and couldn't walk. And the universe was like, ha, now see what you're going to do. What's up, listeners? Welcome back to Get Psyched. I'm your host, Lindsay Locke. And today I am so thrilled to announce that I am sitting down with the wonderful, incredible, and inspirational Danny J. We dive into seasons of life and how often at the end of the year we are propelled into the new year with all of these goals and wanting to have the new year, new me, bullshit, blah, 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 blah. Danny shares vulnerably and authentically on how this outlook just doesn't work for her, how things in life and the universe have absolutely slapped us in the face when we want to go, 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 do, 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 try, 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 instead of slowing down. So we talk about the grace and the beauty that there is in slowing down and why it can be so hard for so many of us to do that. If you love today's show, be sure to give the episode a five-star rating and review in the app store. I read every single one. They absolutely warm my heart and they allow me to get guests like Danny J on the show. Enjoy. Okay. So you were saying about seasons and the change and feeling like you have to do something. And yeah, you know, like, so this time of year, um, December, end of the year, there's all of these messages with, I mean, I've seen this a lot and I've seen kind of two sides this year, but this finish the year strong, you got it. Like we still have 20 something days left. And there's like this high pressure to just like chug chug. I don't know if that's the right word, but like push through the end of the year. And then there's also this idea of it's the new year. You got to start all your new goals. And I, you know, I think a lot of people are off of quote resolutions, but not really. I feel like the new year is a new start and people still want to like, go. you know what? I want my year to be different than last year. And so I think there's just this big pressure to like achieve and do and, um, make big goals. And I don't know, just push really hard on this time of year. And, um, I think we could shift that a little bit, not saying it's wrong. I just think there could be another way to look at things. How would you look at it? So, okay. So we live on the planet that has seasons now, maybe where you live doesn't really have as much seasons like California or or somewhere (laughs) tropical, but we have seasons, right? We have spring, summer, fall, winter, And as the planet goes through seasons, things change. So when we're getting to, let's say we start in spring and spring is when everything is new and it's growing and like the, the babies are being born and the, the plants are coming out of the ground and everything is starting to grow and get fresh. And then summertime is when it's just, things are starting to flourish and just, you know, kind of grow. And then fall is like the harvest fall is when all of, you know, all of the trees have gotten their fruit and we're harvesting and taking all of the, we're reaping everything we did from building from spring into summer. And then winter is when things die, they go into hyper, like bears go into hibernation, animals go into hibernation, the leaves on the trees fall off and everything just kind of closes. And I think there are seasons 
that we should follow as humans as well. And so if we're constantly in summer, we're constantly just waiting for things to bloom or we, we can't constantly harvest. We can't always be in fall either. And just eating all of the, we have to have a time of planting seeds, nourishing them and getting through these seasons. And I also think that there's a time for rest and we don't have to follow the seasons. You know, we don't have to just all hibernate in December, but I think it's actually something to consider, to consider taking the winter, whether it's December, January, February, whatever, taking the winter or choosing your own winter, whatever that looks like, but taking time to not necessarily die, but hibernate, rest, take a look at what's going on. And so instead of going right into setting goals for the new year, like new year's resolutions, I think that there should be a time of looking at the past year, taking it as a big global overview of like, let's just, we'll just use 2021. Cause this is the end of 2021 and saying, how did I do in the key areas of my life? Like, what did I feel like on a scale of one to 10? How was I physically in my body? And what could I do to maybe move that up one or two points? And then how was I in my relationships on a scale of one to 10? And how can I move that up? And how was I socially or on my education or in my finances and work? Like, am I closer to being out of debt or having more savings or working at a job that I like? And how can I move that up? Maybe one or two points for the next year, Hmm. instead of just setting like these crazy hard goals, I think it's a time to reflect and look back and actually just take a time to just look over everything and then really get clear on what really, really matters. Because I, I sometimes see this, I was a personal trainer. And I would see people make weight loss goals in this kind of way where maybe their goal was to lose 30 pounds in three months and they're already two months in and they've only lost five pounds. So now they still think they have to hit that 25 instead of updating and going, it's taken me five or two months to lose five pounds. Maybe I'll just change my goal and set back people kind of like overcompensate and try to still hit the goal. And I think we need to take steps back and really evaluate everywhere we've been, what we've been doing before we kind of launch into the next season. So that's kind of what I'm, you know, it's like the same, but different, you know, I think it's just a way of taking a little more time to reflect and letting your body rest, um, letting your brain kind of get more clarity. I just know that from personal experience and seeing others burn out that if we're constantly in like summer mode and fall mode and harvesting and pushing and growing, you're eventually going to burn out. And like winter is going to come regardless. <laughs> winter's so, coming. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I just think there's a way we can kind of work with the seasons and take a hint from mother nature on that. Yeah. I have so many thoughts going through my head with everything you just said. So I'm going to try not to word vomit and just ask yeah. one question at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but one thing, and my stepdad said this to me when I was in, we'll stay on, on topic. When I was in a season of life where I was just like, what the fuck do I do next? Mm-hmm. What do I do? I have no idea. And I've always been such a linear thinker and a like, a, then B, we get C, right? And and none of my plans were working. In fact, the universe was, I think, actively trying to show me that my plans were not going to work. And he told me along the path, the path becomes clear. Mm. And it's kind of that, like, you don't have to have a destination. You don't have to know what the path is. You just have to keep walking forward. And one of the things that was so helpful for me in hearing that was that I was so 
married to the idea of what the plan looked like, what the path was supposed to be, that I never took time to sit back and reflect on what my path had been and how I got where I was. And Mm. when I did slow down and start to, you know, the word integration keeps coming to me when I did start to integrate all of these experiences I had, my completely chaotic path that I felt like I was on made so much sense because that's what I had created. Uh, I got so many goosebumps. And then when you said, um, when you're on the path, the path becomes clear. I got chills. It's so true. It's, it's almost like I visualize walking in fog. Like, um, when I lived in California in the Bay area, when I was like in second grade, I remember we had fog one morning and I couldn't see to the end of the street. And I was like, oh my gosh, how can I get like, we lived in a cul-de-sac. And as I started walking, as I kept going, I could see the houses at the end of the street, but then I turned around and I couldn't see my own house. And so each step I could see a little bit in front of me, but I couldn't see the whole distance. And there is just that piece of taking steps and not knowing what's next. And I think as humans, a lot of us really, we all need some kind of certainty, some of us more so than others. So, you know, I think some personalities really, really want more certainty, uh, but there is such a beauty in not knowing what's next and just kind of waiting. Um, we lost my mom this year, um, just four months ago yesterday, actually, I was talking to my dad and, you know, he's, I've been really, really proud of him, how he's been handling it because he, he first said like, he didn't want to sell the house right away. He didn't want to make any big decisions out of grief or not knowing. So he's giving him the space to kind of sit in this. It's like, I don't know what's next. He retired early so he could help take care of her. And then she didn't make it to his retirement. And so he's like, I don't know what's next. I don't know where I want to live. He said, this house feels too big. And so he's talking about selling it. And I said, dad, that's such a perfect place to be for you right now. Like it's kind of exciting and it's scary because you don't know what's next. The plan you had with your wife and the travels you were going to do is no longer an option. So now you're open to lots of possibilities, which can be scary because when you have so many options, it's like we, we sometimes want less, right? I think there's, uh-huh. there's a study. Yeah. There's like a study about um, some tests they did with ice cream flavors. And when there was like 31 flavors, people had a hard time deciding. And then there was like five flavors. It was easier. So sometimes when we have all the options, it gets very overwhelming, but there's also really a lot of beauty in saying, I don't know what's next. I'm just going to wake up in the morning and make a decision. So my dad's like, I think I'm going to sell the house. And I go, well, where do you want to live? He's like, I don't know yet. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe I won't buy a house right away. Maybe I'll just, you know, get a little motorhome and drive around, or maybe I'll stay with friends or, you know, move into my brother's house and, and I'm sure that won't last. And then we'll figure out the next thing, but there is a lot of beauty in not knowing and just allowing things to happen, but it takes a lot of trust. And I think it takes trust in the universe, but it also takes trust in yourself that you will be able to handle whatever is thrown at you. And that takes a little bit of practice. And I think more than anything, if you look back, like you said, on all the things that you did and how you got there, you can find evidence of ways that you did handle it and you did show up and the evidence that you can trust yourself. And I think that can help you move forward. It's so crazy that that's the example that you use, because when my stepfather told me along the path, the path becomes clear, um, was right after my dad had passed away. Mm. Um, and my parent, just to like put that in context for people, like my parents divorced when I was very young. So it's not like I have a stepdad and a dad right away. Um, anyway, but yeah, he, it was so paramount for me to hear that. in in that time in my life. And then recently 
with my apartment in San Diego flooding and me uprooting out of nowhere. Um, that was kind of my mantra. Like, I don't know what the next, what like the next five steps are, but I'm just going to take the one. I'm just going to take what feels like the best step and like create this new path. And I have actually come to find, and like I'll be the first one to say that I am a recovering control freak. I still, <laughs> I still have my relapses, but I am having so much fun. I keep calling it the void. Like I'm in the void. I don't really know what it, you know, I had this plan. I was going to be in San Diego and that was everything that was going to happen. And then it, you know, I went through some mornings. It felt like this part of my life was kind of stripped away from me before I was really ready for it. But I went to Austin and was there for a few weeks. I'm like living in Denver for the month of December and I'm just kind of enjoying, I've coined myself the nomad gypsy. <laughs> I love it. I so love enjoying it. it. I lived the last three years prior to 2020 as a nomad gypsy. Totally get it. I had, I had this idea that I was going to leave LA just for three months and live out of a suitcase. Cause I had so much travel. I didn't feel like paying LA rent for yep. being gone. I was like, it's like a $2,000 a month storage unit. I don't think so. I don't have that much stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, but that three months turned into another opportunity, another opportunity. And soon enough, this turned into nearly three years of, of nonstop travel. And then I decided at the beginning of 2019, I have a plan. I'm going to go move to Austin or Nashville in June. And so I had this great plan. And then I met my boyfriend and we ended up doing, he was traveling and we were just making it work. And so things just happened, not according to plan, but sometimes they just become better or just different. And I want to acknowledge what you said about mourning there. That's real. And I think it's important to acknowledge that sometimes the plans that don't work out, it sucks and it hurts. Um, it's not always easy to like, it's almost like gaslighting yourself when you're going, all right, well, something better is going to come. And cause maybe, maybe not, maybe it's going to take a while. Like when I went right. through my divorce, I, I knew in my highest self that one day I would look back and, and things would all work out. But in the oh, moment I was like, our is- highest self. So annoying. In the moment <laughs> yes. you're like, shut I know. I'm like, yeah, I know that, but right fucking now it sucks and it hurts and I hate it. And I don't want this to be happening. And when we struggle with what is happening, you know, uh, Byron Katie is, has a book called loving what is it's like when we're fighting against what is like, the flood happened, the divorce happened, like you're in this space and you hate it, but that's when you're creating misery. And so, you know, it is valid though, to, to mourn and to be sad and to, to be scared, but, or I should say, and try not to say, but, but, and you can also be a little bit excited and I don't know, kind of bring, I think it brings back a little bit of childhood kind of um, like, I'm kind of similar to you recovering control freak or control, whatever. Um, but now I get a little bit excited when I don't know, it's like, Ooh, it's going to be a surprise. What is it? (laughs) What's going to happen next? And so I look at it now of just like getting to constantly be surprised. And I actually, there's a meme I shared once that was like, family, what are you doing with your life? Me? It's a surprise. (laughs) It's like, yes. (laughs) I like, yeah, it's a surprise for all of us, actually, myself included. Yeah. Someone's going to jump out of the cake and I'll figure (laughs) it out. 
Um, and I, you know, I think too, real quick is that in your, when you're in your twenties and thirties, I feel like there is pressure as you know, high school students, how many times do adults say, what are you going to major in in college? What are you going to do next? And they're, they're like 17, 18. I remember being just like saying the thing that I just thought they wanted to hear. Cause I didn't mm. freaking know. And so when you're in that age too, people are wondering, are you going to get married? Are you going to have kids? I mean, there's so much pressure in that twenties, thirties to have an answer. And the truth is you don't need to have an answer. And so I don't know, sometimes that pressure is coming from the outside and you can release it on your own. And then just, I don't know, you can make up the answers you think people want to hear, or you just say, Oh no, it's a surprise. It's a surprise. If we, <laughs> yeah. If people take nothing else other than this, just saying it's a surprise is a genuine <laughs> and legitimate answer. Yes. Um, how did you get to that reframe? Because I would, I'm selfishly asking this for myself, but I would assume some listeners also are out there thinking the same thing. Um, we, we try to control things or conversations or make concrete decisions in hopes that it won't be uncomfortable. Right. Or we like plan for the worst in case it happens. And one of the things I like to tell my clients when I see them, I call it future tripping. When I see my clients future tripping is like, Hey, have you ever planned for the worst? And then the worst happens and it still fucking sucks. Like, yeah, I'm like, why are we planning for it? Right. Yeah. Um, So what was that big aha moment or transition in that reframe from you from, I want to control every outcome of what could possibly happen to it's a surprise. So how you kind of just shared that story about your house and everything in the universe, just kind of, or even, you know, with your dad in the universe, constantly just basically trolling you (laughs) (laughs) when the universe trolls you basically. Yeah. I really feel like I'm the kind of person who, and I hate that this is how it has been for me and I'm trying to be different, but I'm the kind of person that the universe has to smack me over the head with a two by four. And so I have been in situations where I've literally just been knocked. Like I've got my plan and the universe was like, hell no, here, you're going to go to the hospital. You're paralyzed now. Like literally in my early twenties, I was an acrobat flying, living in San Diego, living my best life, got a bacterial infection, almost died and couldn't walk. And the universe was like, ha, now see what you're going to do. And I'm like, well, Jesus, H like my degrees in physical education. This is all I know is, and how am I supposed to do anything? And if I can't walk and then I started walking again. And then of course, if you ever lose your ability to walk, the only thing you want to do is walk. And so I'm like, I will never take this for granted. So I got into fitness and started doing fitness competitions. And I was pushing my body so hard during these competitions that I created massive adrenal fatigue to where I gained 30 pounds in two months while I was eating pretty much nothing. I was doing two hours of cardio a day eating 900 to 1100 calories a day, like watching every single thing that went in my mouth, measuring it. I remember going to the doctor. I'm like, I'm gaining all this weight. I don't know why. And he said, well, you probably just need to eat less and exercise more. And I was bawling. Like, how can I even exercise more? I'm so tired. I'm going to the gym to do an hour of cardio in the morning, hour at night, and then weights. And I'm hardly eating anything. How could I do? Right. So (laughs) my body was like giving me a big F you showing me that I couldn't control everything. And then I lost my house in Vegas during the recession. And it was like enough times where I'm like, okay, like hands up, surrender, got it. I can't control anything anymore. So I wouldn't say whether it was like one aha moment, there was multiple aha moments where I'm like, 
okay, can control this. Got it. Can control my body. Got it. Can control, you know, whatever happens financially. Got it. So there were so many, I want to say opportunities to learn the hard way for me. And, you know, I just got a new puppy. She, I've had her for one, (laughs) I I had her for one week and she is just a doll baby, but there are certain things she's starting to do that she doesn't know better yet, but like, you know, biting my socks or my pants or something or biting on my fingers. And I'm like telling her not to telling her not to, she doesn't understand English. She doesn't understand. No. So I like have to do something more aggressive maybe. And it's just like that. Sometimes we just need to be like taught like a puppy we're pushing and pushing and like we're wrestling and the universe is like, Nope. And if you don't listen, I'm going to like flick you in the nose, (laughs) (laughs) put you in the kennel and give you a timeout. And this just happened again last month. Um, I have been, honestly, my body's been craving rest. I've been going through a lot this past year. Um, my mom just passed away. Like I said, I was caretaking her. And then I had this back-to-back travel and I had one more trip and I was not looking forward to this trip, but it was like the last one before the next eight weeks I could have off. And I was just like, I was promising myself after this, you're not going to go anywhere. You're going to take a break. Well, sure enough, I got COVID and I had to miss the trip. And it honestly was the best thing, but it was like, I was like, you know what? This is the universe's way of saying you didn't listen. You're going to stay home now. Like you don't get one more trip. You should have said no. And now you have to. And I think that we can learn the hard way. Like me, (laughs) maybe you're like (laughs) that, but I don't want to keep learning the hard way. So I was really thinking about that a lot when this happened this last month and going, Danny, you've had this happen so many times. Just stop it. Like, you know, I know when my body is craving something and needs rest and needs a break. And there are times in my life where I just need to slow it down. And so, and, uh, you know, of course winter is coming and I just started to really think about this, you know, just holistically. And I ended up doing a workshop for some girls recently. Um, one of my friends asked me to do some on goal setting and I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to do goal setting. I want to do more reflection before the goal setting. And so mm. it's kind of how this all came up recently for me. Um, but it's been a constant, you know, it's been reminders, like the universe flicking me in the nose. Like I got to do to my dog and <laughs> we just, we just have these moments and then we, you either learn or you don't. And it happens again, right? You just keep getting your butt spanked. Yep. I, so how many times do you want to get spanked is the question. <laughs> Let's not get kinky. Okay, I know, Danny? Right? Let's not get kinky. <laughs> Just Are you like, kink shaming me with the universe? <laughs> no, not kink shaming you. Um, okay. I digress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what was, um, I don't, obviously you're not here to give your whole speech that you just gave, um, for your friend, but what was the framework that you worked from when designing that talk on like you said, it's the end of the year. People are all fired up to set goals. How did you frame slowing down, reflecting? Were there any practices that you kind of suggested for people to use? Yeah, I'm um, kind of a journaling thing. And I actually can offer it to you guys. You can maybe link it in the show notes. Just my um my slideshow notes. Yeah. I can definitely share with you guys. So basically, I really I call it like an audit or an evaluation. And it's really just kind of some journaling exercises, but I think it's important to kind of break down our life into six key areas. And I actually do this monthly. So the six key areas are going to be your work or finances. So sometimes people aren't working, but finances, money, that's always going to be important. So sometimes it's about job and, and 
creating wealth. Sometimes it's about getting out of debt or saving, but whatever that looks like. And then physical and mental health is the second one. So that's how you treat your body and how you're taking care of your mental health. And then third one is family and family can be parents, siblings, or your partner that you live with or whoever, you know, roommates, whoever you consider family. And then fourth is spiritual. And so for spiritual, it's whatever your spiritual practices, I think spiritual has to be defined by the person. For some people, it's like reading Bible or scripture for others. It's walking in nature and taking hikes and getting outside for others. It might be plant medicine or ceremonies or meditation or yoga, but whatever that spiritual piece is for you. And really for me, spiritual just means a connection to your higher self, to something else, or to, you know, like the inner knowing of you. And then fifth is social. So, you know, how much are you spending time with friends, getting out, not getting out? Um, social is an interesting one because some people need to be socializing more and say yes more. And some people need to like not because they're distracted by other things by constantly being around people. And then the last is educational. So how are you learning? How are you growing? Are you listening to podcasts, books? Um, are you taking classes or courses? So these six areas, um, I what I do every single month is I actually prioritize those six areas. So at the beginning of the month, I'm like, what is, if this is the question I ask myself, if I could just get my shit together in one of these things <laughs> by the end of this month, what would it be? So sometimes it's very obvious. I'm like, oh my God, I got to get my money together. Like this is out of control. So number one is finances. And then second is like, dude, I have been slacking on my food and my workouts. Okay. That's definitely number two. And I rank one through six. Now, the important thing to know about prioritizing is just because not everything can be priority. Number one, right? Not everything can be the first priority, but a lot of people feel guilty if they don't put family as number one, they're like, well, my family is first. So I want you to think of the difference between family being priority. Yes. But sometimes in one single month, that's not the priority, if that makes sense. So priorities change and they shift, they go up and down. Another part is that sometimes things are going good. They're kind of an autopilot, so they don't need to be at the top priority. So for example, maybe this scenario I'm saying my work and finances are kind of falling apart and I'm not doing good in my body, but my relationship with my boyfriend, we're good. Like we're going on date nights. We're really connected. We're feeling great. Maybe I put that as number six for the month, because, not because it's like the least important, but because it's good. Or, you know, when I was really doing well in my fitness life and I was pretty like consistent all the time, I might put physical at the bottom. Cause I'm like, I go to the gym four days a week and I eat really well. So it's not number one right now, but maybe number one is my partner. Cause we've been struggling. So every single month I prioritize these things. And then I look at it at the end of the month and then I reprioritize for the next month. So, you know, during 2021 family kind of came first for a lot of months. Cause my mom, my mom taking care of her was number one. It wasn't my partner. It was her and my, you know, my dad and my brother and my family. And what got pushed down a lot was my physical and mental. So the last couple of months I've put physical mental number one, I've put my relationship number two, and I've worked through these. So I'm giving you this framework. So for the end of the year, now you're taking all of those and looking at it as a whole, you know, so maybe three months of the year, you really prioritize physical, maybe two months. It was family. It doesn't really matter, but I want you to take those six things and basically give your self a score from one to 10 on each of them. And then ask yourself how, what are one or two things you can change or add to help you just move up a little bit more, maybe mm -hmm. the next year. Um, like for physical mental health, 
I, one question I ask is what's one domino habit you can implement. So a domino habit is something that let's say you do this one thing, but it actually affects all the other things. Like, so for me, it's like drinking more water. I do not like, it literally could go day without drinking any water. I'll, could just, <laughs> I'll take my supplements, drinking coffee and, and then I'll drink wine at night and then have no water like all day. And so, have but I know that meme that's like 12 ounces of water but 12 ounces of wine. I can <laughs> totally do that. Like it's so hard for me. to. Why is it water. like that? It's so <laughs> true. I could drink 12 ounces of wine or coffee all day, but you give me a cup of water and I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm full. Why, why do I get full on water? But I don't get full on alcohol. <laughs> the problem. <laughs> um, so what's the domino habit? So for me, drinking more water is going to help me feel a little bit better. Maybe it's going to like help my skin and hair. It's going to help me feel better overall. You know, for some people, a domino habit might be food prepping. So for my boyfriend, when he actually, he's kind of the opposite. He said, when he works out, then he wants to eat better. Some people, when they start eating better then they want to work out. So maybe there's something that you do that, you know, actually affects all the other things and helps Mm -hmm. you. So asking yourself, what's maybe that one thing you can change. Um, when we go to spiritual, just asking yourself, what does a spiritual practice look like? Give yourself a one to 10 on how you did. And then maybe what are one or two things that you can do to deepen your connection to source, God, self universe, whatever you want to call that. And then family, you score yourself one to 10, but first define like, who is your family? Who, what does that even mean to you? And then, and then this is important too. What relationships are your priorities? So losing my mom was a big wake up call in trying to figure out who deserves and should get my attention in my family. So, you know, my brother and I, we don't spend a lot of time together and I would be devastated if I lost him. However, the person I spend the most time with is my partner, my romantic partner. And so that's really my more prior, the relationship that requires more priority. And I would look at these relationships and kind of score them and say, what can I do to make sure that I'm showing these a priority? Because if that relationship was gone, I would be devastated. And you don't want to look back at the end of a year and go, Oh my God, this person was the most important to me. And I never let them know. And I kept saying we should meet up. I kept saying we should do something and we never got a chance to. So scoring yourself one to 10 on how you did with family, but then really defining who that is and making sure that you nurture the super important relationships. And I'll just go through all of them. Then, um, educational, same thing, scoring yourself. And then just asking how have you grown in your knowledge or expertise, maybe in your, in your work, you've just gotten more expertise, but what's something you want to learn or continue to learn in the next year. For me, I'm like learning all the puppy training right now because (laughs) I really want to have a dog that's good and behaved. And so I'm like, okay, I'm sitting there on YouTube university watching puppy training videos, but there's always something that we can be doing to grow. And it doesn't have to be in your line of work or anything like that. It could be a hobby. It could be training your dog. You know, it could be relationships, but looking at that, scoring it, and then deciding how did I do and how do I want to do better? If, and I would say this too, we don't always have to do better. Um, you can just be going, you know what? I'm really good at this. Like I'm always learning. I'm always reading books. I'm good. I don't need to do anything more. I think we do sometimes feel like we always have to do more and we always have to be growing in every aspect. And we don't think often 
we don't give ourselves enough credit for when we're doing good. We're like, mm. yeah, I got this. I'm, I'm doing all right on it. Um, work and financial. The next one, asking yourself, what were some positive investments you made or, um, financial decisions for me? One of my, the best investment I made in 2021 was hiring a woman to teach me how to do my makeup. And I will tell you why it was like 350 bucks. And I think she came out for two hours or so, but I go to these events and I speak and sometimes I'll have to hire a makeup artist and sometimes it doesn't look good. And then I'm like scrubbing my face, trying to fix it. And it's just not ideal. And I'm going, if I'm doing this enough and professionally, I really should know how to do my own makeup. And honestly, it was one of the best things I did, not only for my personal, like my professional life, but also my own confidence. So now when I go out, I feel yeah, like I look like, better. Yeah, girl. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I know. And I'm so like, I watched YouTube videos. I couldn't do it, but just having someone come and just show me and having like right there, we did it together. And she you know, she kind of fixed some of my stuff. It was amazing. And I'm like, I never would have thought this. I'm 40 years old that to hire someone to do this. I'm, I wish I did this years ago, but it was such a great investment. And then the next question is what ways you can be a better steward with your money? How can you, I don't know, how can you be better with savings? How can you be better with how you're spending? Just asking yourself how you can be a better steward with that. And then the last one is social. And I kind of mentioned this um, scoring yourself one to 10, asking, how have you grown your network or expanded your circles? You know, I really believe that everything we need to know, everything we're looking for is just a person or two people away. Someone has what you need. Someone has the answers you need. We can always get answers and resources from our connections and our network. So how have you grown that? You know, have you been going out? Have you been meeting new people? Are you just staying in your same little circle? Mm. And then this is a real big, this is a real personal question to respond to, but do I need more time with others or do I need less? So would you be better off saying no to like all the invites or would you be better off saying yes? And you know, this, um, for me, 2013, I want to say I was going to so many events, going to so much networking, but it wasn't allowing me to come back and integrate and use what I was learning. I was going to all these like business things, learning a ton, meeting so many people, making great connections, but then I never came home to nurture them and to use, to utilize what I learned. And I was really just becoming more distracted by going to events and, and meeting people. So I had to learn to say no. And 2020 was actually great for that too. It was like a big no on everything social. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> yeah. right now, um, I, it's funny. I'm trying to like get back out again. Cause I kind of, once I'm not social, I become more antisocial. <laughs> you're like standing in front of the mirror. You're like, you got this, Danny. Yeah, you're going to get out there. <laughs> <laughs> totally. It's just, it, it really changed. It really changed things. Although I will say, cause I definitely get FOMO. Like if there's parties or things going on, I will say yes. Cause I don't want to miss out, but 2020 really helped me get rid of the FOMO. Cause nobody could go. I'm like, okay, good. I'm not worried about getting FOMO because nobody gets to do anything, <laughs> but the social piece is really big. It's, you know, we're social creatures. We are born to be connected to others and we search for connections, but it's also important to expand those connections and meet new people because I think it helps not only our expansion of our own minds and what we and who we can be in our personal growth, but it also can help you in your careers and where you're going next. And you have no idea, like for you, you know, with the flooding, who knows who you're going to meet because you are put in different situations and what that potential relationship could turn into could be a business partner could be 
who knows what, you know, it's just when I was dating, it was just so interesting because like, I'm sitting here with a new partner. Um, we're living together. We just got a dog together. And I was like three, three years ago, I didn't even know who this person was. He was just a stranger. And now we have a life together. And so every single person that's in your life, unless they're your parents or your siblings was a stranger to you at one point. And so you can have some really, really cool things that come from brand new connections. You just don't know unless you're getting out there. But that being said, if you're constantly getting out there and you're never sitting with yourself or you're using it as a distraction, that's some of self-awareness to say, I need to step back a little bit. So that's really kind of the framework is at looking at these, th- these six areas and scoring yourself and taking just a moment of looking back and then asking yourself, what can I do to make this a little bit better if I mm-hmm. want to make it better? And, and then asking yourself how you define success and making sure it's your definition of success. Like how did I succeed in this last year? And then how can I create more memorable moments? Like we have day-to-day life, you know, for the most part, if I said, can you remember, uh, June 13th this year, you'd be like, no, but if June 13th, you had a surprise party and something really cool happened, you would remember. Cause they, we just had these just memorable times and we make memories in little teeny moments. And so thinking about your year overall and the memorable moments and maybe finding some common threads on ways you can make more memorable moments. Cause that's really at the end of your life. All you have is just little chunks of memories, you know, little bits and stories and fun things to laugh about. You're not going to remember the day-to-day brushing your teeth and taking a shower, but if there's ways you can create more memorable times, I think that's something worth trying to do. I couldn't agree with that more. And one thing I don't want to totally brush over that you mentioned was the ability to rearrange your priority. And it doesn't make you a bad person for doing that. I think a lot of us, myself included, get stuck in the narrative that, you know, if X isn't a priority, then I'm not showing up as my Mm -hmm. highest self, or I'm not doing this. And, um, that bit about, putting your mask on first before you help the person next to you in the airplane. Um, You know, if we're so worried about putting on anyone else's mask and I pass out trying to help you get yours on and I don't get either one of ours on, we're both done. And so how do you explain that to other people in a way that is approachable for them? So this is really interesting. You brought this up because I just got a new perspective on this exact topic last night on Instagram. Um, Kathy Savage, I'm going to find her post. She is a, oh, she was like a fitness coach and she posted about, let me see if I can find it. She posted about, um, not always putting yourself first. She's like, you need to be in the top three. And I was like, huh, this is an interesting, um, this is very much an interesting perspective, but she said, let's stop with the, put yourself first narrative. So she said, she's standing up for all moms. Cause people are always say for moms, it's time to be selfish and put yourself uh. first. However, she said, what if the school nurse called you and your child was sick or hurt at school and you're in the middle of your workout, would you keep training or would you stop what you're doing and go get your child? A good mom never comes first, but that doesn't mean we forget ourselves. She said, if you're going to put on your mask, like it only takes a second to put your own oxygen mask on, but sometimes you have to go and 
put someone else first. And this was very interesting. I had to really think about it. And I'm like, you know, it is nuanced there. There is, yes, you do need to put your oxygen mask on first, but it will take only a second. Right. And then you're like on the next person. So I think she wrote here, I think we can agree that we need to be top three and we need to be our priority. We need to treat ourselves that way. And I was thinking about when my mom was sick, a lot of my, me personally, people kept messaging me like self-care, you got to take care of yourself. And I'm like, yeah, but how, I mean, she is taking up so much of my time and it's very important because her life is at risk. So, um, I want to say yes. And yes, take care of yourself first. And also know that there are again, back to seasons. There are seasons where you're maybe like 1.5. <laughs> you're maybe sharing that first stage with someone or something else. And I mean, this could even be when you're, you know, studying for your master's or finishing a degree and it's, you're stressed as hell. And you're like, I'm not getting sleep. I'm trying to finish these papers. You know, your biggest, highest goal is to finish this degree. So, you know, like this is you first, but maybe your physical health is kind of struggling because you're, you're not eating well and you're not sleeping. So I think it's important that you are still number one, but also things can get pushed a little bit like to match with you. And so that's okay. And again, it goes back to seasons. It's not going to be like this forever. Things change and priorities change and situations change. I, I would have never thought of that. And I wouldn't have agreed with her until she gave that example of you're in the middle of a workout. You know, someone calls you, you're sick. You're like, you're not going to go, I'm finishing my workout. This is my me time. You're like, you leave the gym and you run to the hospital or whatever you need to do. And so I think it's, there's so many great things in, in personal development and really like these quotes that sound amazing. And then when you kind of break them down, you're like, that's mostly true, but not quite there. And I think they're meant to make us think and to put ourselves like that one to put yourself first. But sometimes things like that are making people feel guilty. So I think yes, oxygen mask first, but sometimes, you know, you got it. You definitely put your oxygen mask on first, but there are certain things where you kind of do take second and that's okay. It's not forever. Now the caveat is this, you're not becoming a doormat. You're not becoming second to like your partner because you're trying to make people love you and you're trying to do everything for someone else to get their approval. Like that's a whole different story. A caretaker or mom of a little baby or something is a different story than, you know, bending over backwards, doing everything for other people at the expense of your own health, because you're trying to earn approval or, you know, try to get up with somebody. So I'd say just watch your intentions. That's the biggest thing is pay attention to your intentions. And how do you feel? If you're feeling resentful, if you're feeling like I do everything for everybody and I don't take care of me, then that's a sign that you do need to take care of you. Now, if you're in a season or space where you're taking care of an infant, well, you're not just going to leave the kid crying on the floor so you can go, you know, go work out of the gym. You're at least going to put them with the babysitter or someone else. So their needs are being taken care of and you make sure. So I think just important, the most important thing is checking in with yourself and being aware that all things are seasons, they're cyclical and you can't always have your number one self-care all the time, but you do need to do the minimum. <laughs> you do need to have the oxygen in your nose so that you can keep going and functioning. But at some point back to the universe, bitch slapping you at some point, <laughs> if you are, you know, not taking care of yourself and you're putting yourself last all the time, then you're going to get that bitch slap and 
And then you'll learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll hurt. It'll keep coming. Um, what that reminds me of, and I cannot remember the author. So if by some way I remember it before the show comes out, I'll put it in the show notes, but, um, he presents this idea that we are the keepers and the creators of our own time and mm, brings uh, up the, the, um, it's the big leap, the big leap. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how, if, you know, we, we have all these meetings and we're so busy and we, it's almost like a social status to be busy all of the time. And if you're like in the middle of a meeting and your kid comes in with a broken arm, you're going to take your kid to the hospital. Right. Yeah. And yep. it's like, so in that moment, I created the time to take my kid to the hospital. Right. I postponed the meeting. I did these different things and basically puts it in this framework that you do have the time, you do have the ability to create it. You just have to be conscious enough and to use your words and what you've been saying this whole time, reflect enough to have the awareness of what time you need to create. And I think that your six areas of life checklist is so perfect for that. Um, If people wanted to get connected, get involved with your work, all of the things in between, how would they do that? Yeah. The best way is Instagram. I think that's where I spend the most time. Um, it's dannyj.com D A N N Y like a boy and then letter J and then spell dot D O T C O M really annoying. Um, (laughs) dannyj.com. And I'm on there a lot. I have a bunch of links on my bio there where you can find some downloads and freebies. And I actually just emailed you these notes. So if there's a way you can link them, you can maybe put them in a Google doc and put a link. Um, you guys can download that and have it just so you can, I know sometimes, uh, I like to see, I'm very visual and I like to see things written down. So, um, yeah, you can find me there and I would love to hear from you. And, oh, I do have a podcast as well. Um, we published twice a week. It's called the best life podcast. And this, if you like this kind of topics, like we definitely go here, we kind of go all over with relationships, with entrepreneurship, um, leadership, talking about just trusting yourself and communication. And so it's very fun. What's with my best friend, Joe Coleman, and we have great conversations over there. So I'd love to see you at the best life too. Epic. Thanks so much, Jake.